Hello, you're listening to a podcast from Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Radio Maria is a 24-7 Catholic radio station broadcasting online via our app, Radio Maria Play, and on DAB in an increasing number of areas. You can follow us on social media. And if you enjoy this program, please do click like and subscribe to us on your podcast provider. Radio Maria relies entirely upon listener donations. We have no other sources of funding, so please do consider supporting us with a monthly or one-off donation so that we can continue to keep providing great programming free at the point of access. To donate or find out more, visit us at radiomariaengland.uk. Hello, you are listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with your word for today on this Monday the 19th of June. And I want to begin with the gospel from yesterday's Mass, which is taken from Matthew chapter 9. When Jesus saw the crowds, he felt sorry for them, because they were harassed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to his harvest. He summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits, with power to cast them out and to cure all kinds of disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, the one who was to betray him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them as follows. Do not turn your steps to pagan territory, do not enter any Samaritan town, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. You received without charge, give without charge. Perhaps you've been amongst friends at some point, and one of them who loves telling stories begins with, Stop me if I've told you this before. But, in fact, they have absolutely no desire that you should stop them if they've told you this before. They are firmly intent on telling you the story again. And perhaps you've heard it before and it wasn't that funny the first time. It's not nearly as funny as they think. And so you sit through it a little bit bored. Perhaps even thinking, I've heard this so many times I could tell it better myself now and you're not envisaging getting much out of hearing this a fourth or fifth time, and so no doubt you've switched off before the story reached its conclusion. I fear I may be one of those stop-me-if-I've-told-you-before people, or worse, I don't even say the token stop-me-if-I've-told-you-before. But that aside, as the names of the twelve apostles were listed off in the Gospel on Sunday, perhaps we were tempted to switch off 
a list and we know all the names. We've heard it all before. It's pretty familiar to us. It's not the first time we've heard it this year. It won't be the last time. And also, if we're completely honest, it's a list of names which don't mean a great deal to us. With the exception of Peter, James and John, they do not feature a whole lot in the Gospels. And the legacy of history writers to us after the Gospels, well, whilst it leaves us some trace of their movements, it doesn't leave us much trace of their personalities. We don't hear these names and have images become present in our minds in the way that we might when we hear of St. Francis of Assisi or St. Therese of Lisieux or even a more temperamental saint like St. Jerome. Yet the twelve, and not just the three, Peter, James and John, who feature most, these are the men Jesus first chose to send out to preach the kingdom of God. These are the men who form the foundation of his church forever. And what a strangely assorted group they were. Fishermen, a tax collector, two brothers Jesus nicknamed Boanerges, or Sons of Thunder. And, perhaps most startling, Simon, who belonged to a revolutionary party of zealots dedicated to the dedicated to the overthrow of Roman power. One wonders how he would have got on with Matthew, who had just retired from collecting taxes for the very Roman government Simon was trying to overthrow. The importance of these men is obviously such that we cannot be content simply to pass over them as names in a long list. We shouldn't do this with any of the scriptures, in fact, with any of the genealogies or other lists of names in the scriptures. We shouldn't do this if we take biblical inspiration by the Holy Spirit seriously. So nonetheless, we have to take the names seriously, even though they don't mean a great deal to us, even though they don't conjure up images in our heads. Perhaps one reason that we know so little about the apostles as individuals after Christ's ascension is precisely that as individuals they are not so important. Jesus established them as a group or body of men, just as in the first reading God established Israel as a kingdom of priests, a consecrated nation. So in the gospel, Jesus, after praying to the Father, established the twelve as a new people. The community is bigger than the individual, and yet, crucially, there can be no community without their first being individuals. It was together, in communion with one another and with their Lord, that their strength lay. Simon Peter, of course, was the leader, but alone he was powerless. And as we will come to know as we read through the rest of the gospel and as we see in Acts, he exercises his leadership in consultation with others. Only together did the apostles enjoy the fullness of the life and power of Christ, and only together in the tradition that they hand on is the fullness of divine revelation to be found. This is an important truth. God's chosen people is full of people we might not have chosen. The assortment of men and women in the church today, and perhaps especially the priests and bishops, well, this can seem an odd one. But this is not a failure, but the continuation of a venerable tradition. 
As we look around any congregation, we might think that it's quite an unlikely group of people to be entrusted with bringing about the kingdom of God. Perhaps we might think there should be a few more management consultants in our midst. Although perhaps if you've ever worked with a management consultant, you think there should be none whatsoever. I personally work with a few and I find them wonderful, but uh, not always the story. Um, but I know one might be listening, so no offence meant. But perhaps we would have chosen a different group of people. But in whatever place you're listening to this, in whatever congregation you belong to, you have been chosen by God and it matters. Individually we are weak, but joined in one holy communion, participating in the one body of Christ, affirming the one faith, we enjoy the strength of unity. But no group can remain one that is not led. I heard of the story of a young lady who was applying to college in the US and on the application form, amongst all the other questions, it said, are you a leader of people? Now, this young lady was honest and didn't happen to much like leading people as it happens. And so she ticked no and resigned herself to having her application rejected. Anyway, two weeks later, a letter from the college comes through the post congratulating her on her acceptance. It says, River Wake College looks forward to welcoming you this fall. Amongst all our applications, we have received 1,462 from people who claim to be leaders. At least now with your application, there will be one person for them to lead. We live in a world where there is a tendency to look down on followers. We celebrate the uh, Sinatra, I did it my way spirit. And yet, at the same time, online, we live in a whole world of followers and influencers. It seems the dynamic of some leading and some being led is just intrinsically human. You only have to look at the, at the school playground to see the reality of this. Kids don't need to be taught this. It just comes naturally. It just seems, in today's age, the following has become a little more unthinking. Now, I was lucky enough to have the uh, opportunity to be on uh, BBC Radio London, um, the second best radio station in this country. Obviously, you're listening to the best one. But I was on BBC Radio London yesterday morning doing the uh, Go Through the Papers uh, programme, and you get to select which articles you want to talk about. And I thought, fantastic, this is my opportunity to speak on national BBC radio about, well, not BBC, national radio, BBC radio, I said it's BBC Radio London. This is my opportunity to speak to all the listeners of BBC radio in London about the cricket. And I spoke about Ben Stokes, the current England captain, and the remarkable change that he has brought about in the team. With almost no change of playing personnel, a team that was losing and looked dejected and was losing badly has turned into a team of winners. Now, actually, I haven't checked the Ashes cricket score yet today, um, so I don't know how we're doing. Um, I hope that it's going well. But in any event, regardless of whether today is going well or not, what is remarkable is that Ben Stokes laid out a vision and he has led it at cost to himself, both in his stats, where in 
telling the players to be fearless. He has played in a fearless fashion, which actually doesn't come completely naturally to him. And his batting average has dropped. And also in the way in which his body is clearly a bit of a broken mess, particularly with a very bad knee. And yet nonetheless, he goes out on the pitch to lead his men. And they are simply better for having him as leader. Even if he weren't worth his own place in the side right now, he is worth it as their captain. And you see the way on the cricket field, he loves his players into being better. The previous captain was loved by the players. But what you see with Ben Stokes is the active love he has of their players and the way that it transforms them. And so, as I said, his body is a wreck and he continues to sacrifice his own individual performance for the sake of the team. And he has instilled a desire to succeed and to be brave over a fear of failure. And I wonder how many of our missionary efforts, how many of our efforts at taking on the mantle that has been entrusted to us of preaching the gospel and making Christ known to all the nations in every corner of the world, how many of those efforts have stopped simply because of the fear of failure, that fear which makes us fail without even trying. And so in your life in general, and specifically with regards to ultimate questions, we have to ask, who will I follow? Christ characterizes us as being like sheep without a shepherd. There are many who claim to be shepherds, but there are not so many who would put their bodies on the line for us, not many who would lay down their lives for their flocks. I'd suggest that we should follow someone like that. And so now I just want to uh, have us pray together a litany of the saints. Um, there's litanies which re remind us in that long list of names of all the holy men and women whose steps we tread and all the holy men and women who have handed down the faith to us and to remind us that we are called to take up our place amongst these saints. Um, 
This was a Radio Maria podcast. If you enjoyed it, do please click like and subscribe on your podcast provider or leave us a review. Every bit of feedback helps increase our visibility and allows us to reach more people with the message of Christ's saving truth. And if you don't already, you can listen to Radio Maria live either online or on DAB in selected regions of the UK. 
We'd love for you to call in live and be part of the conversation. See our website, radiomariaengland.uk, for more details and a full schedule of programmes. And do please consider making a donation so that we can keep making more programmes like this. We are completely dependent upon the generosity of our listeners.